0: So, I get an email a few weeks ago, and every single thing in my body said yes as I read this email. And the email had in it the story of a young woman's life and some of the things that had built her up in her life and strengthened her, and also the challenges that she has faced and, frankly, is still facing. And through it all, She has created a business and it is a business that chief intention is to help others. And what's so moving about this for me is that when we get met with challenges in life, we're being tested. And what we do in the face of those challenges defines who we are. Like, do we shut down? Do we give up? Do we feel sorry for ourselves? Maybe, and maybe that's part of the journey. Maybe there are times where we do need to do that. Maybe sometimes those feelings are really present. But what are the other things that show up at those times? Maybe things like strength or perseverance, right? That inner light inside of us that says, What can I do with these circumstances to make the world better, to make other people's lives better? And as I read this email, I'm feeling this beautiful soul, right, that's coming through this email, and I just felt so called to share her story on the show, and I wanted to share it with you, and what I want you to hear in everything that she shares is how limitless she really is. Not only is that the name of her company, and it's part of her mission, which she's going to share about, but it is the way that she chooses to live her life, and we all Every single one of us have that choice every day. My guest today is Jordan Ray. She is the founder and chief executive officer of Limitless Medical Logs. She created, manages, and operates Limitless Medical Logs which provides doctor-recommended medical logs for patients battling serious health conditions. The log provides a way for people to accurately track their pain and symptoms daily. And for patients and physicians, the log helps them with unlimited options for accurate tracking so that they can enhance their treatment plan for their particular diagnosis or diagnoses. Jordan Ray was born in Davie, Florida and grew up in Wellington, Florida. She excelled as a student athlete, which she talks about in the episode. She began playing softball at the age of four and then began her competitive career in softball at the age of eight. She competed and traveled from ages eight to 17, being involved in the highest level of softball, traveling throughout the United States and competing. At 16 years old, Jordan watched her mother battle breast cancer. And at the age of 17, Jordan was diagnosed with Chiari malformation, which is a condition in which brain tissue extends into the spinal canal present at birth. This condition was discovered after she blacked out on the softball field during her junior year of high school due to her fluid in her spine being blocked to her brain. The diagnosis led to her having major brain surgery three months later. Based on her personal experiences, she saw the need for these all-in-one medical logs to benefit anyone who is battling an illness just like she is. Jordan wants to make a difference by helping people take control of their health and be an active participant in managing acute chronic conditions. She believes using the log will make people's lives easier and less stressful. Jordan and her story have been featured in the Palm Beach Post, the Sun Sentinel, the Town Crier, ESPN, numerous magazine covers, speaking events, podcast interviews, and she is also the Wellington hometown hero. So with no further ado, the inspirational Jordan Ray. Hey, Jordan, thanks for coming on the show today. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So I'll give people a little bit of a background. Uh, Jordan sent us an email and my assistant and I read it and it was beautiful. And I immediately was like, get her on the show. (laughs) Uh, Cause it just, you know, every once in a while you receive an email and it just really touches your heart and your story does. And so before we get into the amazing business that you've created and all of the things that you're doing, um, I just want to really have you share your story and take us back to how this all started. I know you played softball and um, and you were really struck with a diagnosis and have faced a lot with that. So go back to before the diagnosis and your involvement with softball and just kind of take us through the journey of what brought you to today.
1: Sure. Um, So I started playing softball when I was four years old. I was born in uh, Davie, Florida, and I moved up to Wellington, Florida when I was about three and a half. And um, I was the first child. My brother was probably a few months old when we moved. And my parents wanted to get me involved in a sport. Um, They knew I was very active. I was always running around and I had a lot of energy at that time. Um so they put me in softball and I just fell in love with it right away. I knew this was what I wanted to do for as long as I possibly could. Um we get to about age 8. So from 4 to 8 I played rec ball where you kind of just learn the softball 101 fundamentals. Um so at age 8 they put me in 8 to 9, they put me in travel ball and that was a whole different animal where we were traveling throughout the United States competing in tournaments. At eight, nine years old, I mean, I would leave on Thursday night or Friday morning, come home Monday, every single weekend. We did not have one weekend free, except for obviously holidays. So that was our life for up until I was about 17. And when I had an end goal, and it was my family's end goal as well, was for me to be a D1 college athlete. And it wasn't just my goal because my whole family's lives revolved around this sport. And I was kind of the main point of it. Um, So we get to, I'm about 16. I'm now excelling in the sport. I'm getting a lot of views from universities and colleges interested in me as a student athlete. My mom gets diagnosed with breast cancer. Um, so you know, I say to this day, I'm so grateful I had that sport. First of all, it molded me into the person I am today, the hardworking, driven, compassionate person, but it also saved me at the pretty much the hardest time in my life that I thought that was gonna be the only hardest thing we would have to go through at that time. Um, my mom, we we battled this together for about a year and a half, and she goes into her mission. I think in February or March of 2015. A week later, we started touring universities that were interested in me. So it's like a official visit that you go on. And a week later, I come back April 13th, uh, 2015. It was about two, three weeks later. Actually, I it was a normal school day. It was my junior year. I was 17, and I was playing in a district game. I was running for a bunt, which was the first play of the game. And I just blacked out and nobody knew what happened. I thought I just fell. And so did everybody else. I actually continued playing for four more innings until the trainer pulled me out and said, you have a concussion. We have to do protocol. You can't play anymore. I was crying hysterically every inning. The lights were expanding, the, the noise was deafening. It was a district game, so it would get loud. Um, Two weeks later, I'm still not in school because I knew something was really wrong and I go to an orthopedic. I didn't feel like there. I can never explain it to anybody. I just did not feel like a human. I go to the orthopedic and he says to me, oh, you have whiplash, you're fine. I'm like, all right, great. I'll get back on the ball field then. And I'm now in uh, August sitting in a neurosurgeon's office. I've just experienced 50 migraines straight. And I knew something was really wrong. My neuro right away kind of knew what I had, but he sent me for testings, MRIs, CAT scans. And I come back in September, I'm still 17. And he says, you have something called Chiari malformation. And it kind of went over my head because I've never heard of it before. And the first thing I said to him was, will I ever be able to play softball again? And he just looked at me and, and I could tell he was gonna say no and he said, you'll never be able to put that uniform back on. And everything after that, explaining the diagnosis, it kind of just, like I said, went over my head. I didn't want to hear anything else. I just heard the most heartbreaking news for me. Um, so he did, the next appointment was in October. I did get a few more uh, opinions and he just said to me, he's like, get ready, kid, you're having brain surgery. And we scheduled it for that same year, December first, twenty fifteen. Surgery was ten, eleven hours long. I was in the kids ICU for about four to five days. And to this day, I'm still battling this illness. I'm I can't play the sport I love anymore. And it was it was difficult.
0: Yeah, I mean, really difficult. And even on the tail of your mother's illness, and what was it? that you went through? Because I, you know, I think a lot of people are faced with various different levels of really traumatic things, whether it's happening to you or happening to people that you love. Like, what was what was the process like between you and your family as far as like connecting just emotionally on what you guys had been through and now what you were facing with your own health issues?
1: My whole family, we really don't, share our emotions as much as we should. And I'm actually working on that. Um, my dad, he's been the strongest one out of the, out of the whole family because yeah, it wasn't him that had to deal with this illness, but I've never seen him cry. I've never seen him talk about how, Sad or upset he was, or or how difficult this was for him. He just kept going because he knew that's what he needed to do for the family. I always say, for my mom and I, our illnesses made each other stronger. Her having cancer made me stronger, and I think vice versa. But I always say, if she didn't go through that, I don't think I would have been able to go through what I'm going through, and especially as a whole family. My brother was, I think, 12, 13 when my mom got diagnosed. So it was that age where you just didn't understand. I was 16. So I didn't really understand, but I had an idea of what might happen and what we're going to have to go through as a family for the next uh, year or so.
0: Yeah. And how old are you now?
1: I'm 21.
0: 21, right. So young still, right? And so well spoken. And what is extraordinary to me too about this is that you know, many times when we're faced with tough things in our life, there are elements and maybe you can share a little about it, like moments where you just want to give up, right? More moments where it's like, I can't believe this is happening. You know, you go through so many different probably steps and stages on the journey, but but I also want you to share like what got birthed through this because you have created a business and you've created a product to help other people so can you share about you know where you were and at 17 and with this diagnosis and how that has like translated into what you're doing today
1: sure um but to kind of touch on what you said with the giving up um there was a point in when i was playing softball that i just kind of wanted to give up because i was doing it every single day for hours and hours every day. And I've did it for 14 years. So I think around like middle school, high school, I was middle school. I was like, do I really want to do this? Because it was just so much for me. Um, But I had a very good support system with my family and I knew the goals I wanted. I'm very goal driven. So to touch on the company, Uh, When I was 17 and I got diagnosed, I lost my health and I lost the sport I love in less than three seconds when I blacked out on that field. I didn't really have a, I didn't have a choice. I lost my health. It wasn't my choice for that. So what I did was I saw the need for our medical logs when I was, when my mom got diagnosed, but I was excelling in the sport, like I said, and I wasn't going to create a company or the products, but when my health failed, I started looking for a product like this. And I couldn't find it. So I spent two and a half years perfecting the product. And when I say perfecting, experiencing all those doctor's appointments, being so lost at them because I couldn't remember what's been going on. Um, So I am a big believer in everything happens for a reason. And I turned a very negative into a positive that is helping so many others.
0: Yeah, it's extraordinary. And I think some of the best things that get created create from just a natural, you know, need and then Mm -hmm. desire to help other people. Like it must not, I must not be the only one that has this need. And therefore, how can I create something to help other people? And just so let's clarify exactly what this medical log is. So can you go through, you know, some of what the sections are in the pages and how people can utilize it? Sure. So what the medical log
1: will do for you is it's an organizational tool, it's accountability tool. Let's say you're an example, you have a doctor Monday to Monday. So that in between, it becomes a guessing game when you don't have something that can help you accurately track what's been going on. Um, So in the sections, it's for a whole year. So the back of the book is the 52 week tracker with the human body chart. So you're able to, yesterday was a really rough day for me. And I was able to write out how um, strong the migraine was, what I had to do to get it to go away. Today's much better. So I'm able to fill that out. I have a doctor's appointment, I think next week or the following week, I can go to my doctor and say, Hey, this is what's been going on the past three weeks. I've had a migraine every single day, except Friday, let's say but I'm able to see it there. And so is a doctor. The appointment notes section is more for, throughout the week, you're gonna have questions that you're gonna ask the doctor. But if you don't have a tool, you're gonna write as many questions as you can remember when you're sitting in that doctor's office because you just don't have something uh, to help you. So what it is, it's an all-in-one medical log, journal, diary for people like me who need to accurately track their pain and symptoms, because I can't remember how I was feeling yesterday. I looked at the medical log right before um, this interview and I remembered, hey, yesterday was really rough for me. So uh, there's labs, just everything you need in this book that when you go to your doctor, you feel like you're achieving something at that doctor's appointment, not saying, oh, I don't know how I've been feeling and you just wasted money, you wasted time, and it's frustrating when you're really sick.
0: It's so true. And even like, it's so amazing how you'll think, oh, I got to ask the doctor about this. Like even on a standard checkup, and you think that, and some kind of strange thing comes over you when you're actually there and they're looking in your eyes where you forget everything. Yeah. You're like, oh my gosh, what was I going to tell him? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what I was going to say. And then you, of course, leave the appointment and you're like oh, I had all these things I wanted to ask and I didn't get to ask them. Yeah, exactly true. I mean, and also on
1: top of it, if you not only have one doctor, if you have like five, I had five at one point and it's just like, I'd get confused who said what and why I'm doing this type of treatment. And a big thing is um, I started a shot for the migraines. My symptoms, I don't think I said it, but my symptoms are very extreme migraines, back pain, neck pain, dizzy. theres It's a laundry list. Um, with the surgery being a success, but not a success, because I now have scar tissue growing in the back of my head where they did the surgery, that's blocking my CSF flow to my brain. So all these symptoms have came back. And I would have five to eight doctors, and they would all have different treatment plans. And one doctor, we did a shot every month. And he would just look at me, he saw the medical log, he's like, you know what to do, I need you to track what what's been going on when you first started the shot to our next shot.
0: Yeah. It's so powerful. And what, at what point did you actually, I mean, you probably started using this for your own purposes, but at what point did you actually make it a business?
1: I launched 11 months ago, but when I was 17, I started creating the book. But the first thing I did was I um, built an advising team around me. I'm still with her today. And I went to her when I was 17. I said, hey, I have this idea. I need to create it. Let's get this done. So I launched when I was 20. Um, so that's, that's exactly what I did. I mean, I went through those two and a half years going to the doctor's appointments and, and seeing uh, this page needs to be like this because these are how the doctors operate. And so I spent those two and a half years doing
0: that. It's so amazing. And what is, what is your journey forward? Like, like, what is, is this something that, that you will have another surgery at some point, or is it something, what are they telling you?
1: Um, after the surgery, which was in December, I had to come back for MRIs, I think six months later. And my neuro put on the MRIs on like the screen. and, And he said, this is what's going on now, because I actually had one month after the surgery where I felt good. I'm like, this is awesome. It's it's working. Maybe I'll be able to get back on the field. You know, he told me I will never put my uniform back on, but that wasn't going to stop me. Um so he said to me and my mom, he said uh she's going to need another surgery to remove the scar tissue. My mom looked at him and was like, "No, she's not. She's not getting another surgery. It's not ankle surgery or or shoulder. I've had ankle surgery, reconstructive ankle surgery. And I thought that was the worst surgery ever. So my mom said, she's not doing brain surgery again. You're not opening her head back up. We need to find a different solution to this. So right now I'm on the path of seeing two to three more doctors in the next month or two, just to find a different treatment plan because everything I do seems to not work.
0: And, what, and is it good days and bad days? And, and so there'll be days where there's no migraine and then days where it comes on? I have a migraine every single day, but
1: most of the days, like 90% of the time, they're nine out of 10, eight out of 10. But like today is like a three or a four. And even this to somebody else, they would have to be laying down. They can't, they can't function. But I've gotten to the point where I can function with these migraines because I've had them for so long. And I know they're really not going away, which isn't a good thing to think, but When you keep being told by so many doctors and so many people, we don't know how to help you, you kind of start thinking like that.
0: Yeah. And the thing that comes up for me as you're sharing this, which is so powerful is, you know, here you are 21, right? And you're experiencing pain every day and you've created a product to help people. And you're here having this conversation and having many more conversations. You've been featured in all kinds of different Mm -hmm. news, media outlets and and different podcasts and interviews. And it really has me sit here and say, you know, we have obstacles, right? People have different levels of obstacles. But what would you say to people? Because I I think, you know, the human condition is such that sometimes we get stuck in stuff, right? Or we get stopped by things or we allow things. We say things are too hard or too difficult or we can't do what we really want to do with our life or in the world. And what would you say to people that have felt stuck before or stuck in their obstacles? Um,
1: Well, I kind of want to touch on what you said in that statement. Bad things do happen to everybody, but it's going to be how you react to it and how you live after that. I had something very bad happen to me when I was 16 and then also 17, but I was always positive. And that's one thing my friends will always say about me. I stayed positive through everything. But with the question you asked is, I mean, when you put your mind something, just know that you need to work hard at it for me, I put my mind to softball. I had no control over what happened to that. But the positive, I was able to turn it into something. So that's the biggest thing that I look at, I could be negative about it, I could have done nothing to um, help myself and help others. This company gets me out of bed every day. Even if I'm not feeling well, I know I have people that I can help. So
0: it's so beautiful. And it's like, you know, I think purpose, purpose wakes us up in the world, like purpose wakes other people up. And when we have a purpose, whatever that is, whatever your heart calls to you or says is, you know, this is what you're going to do, that it is that North star that we can follow in our life. and. Right. Continue to like put ourselves out there, whatever the obstacles are, whatever the things that we face in life are and that's what I think is so powerful About who you are and your story and I know You know training in a sport. I was a dancer when I was young So there's a lot of um, I think strength that you build in training yeah. in a sport and you know because it's you know you don't always want to go and you're sore and you and you learn to like move through things and you learn to show up anyways And it's a beautiful skill set to have in life. And I think it's a muscle that everybody can build um, if they just start putting their intention in that direction and start taking action on that.
1: Yeah, most definitely. I remember when you were just bringing that up about dancing, I remember my freshman year of high school, we were in districts. So you go from your season to districts to regionals. We were in districts and we were playing Jupiter, which is about 45 minutes for me. Um we went I think it was 12 or 13 innings with them. We normally play seven. We ended the game at 12:30, one o'clock the next day because we won, we had to play again. So I was so exhausted, but I knew what the end goal was. It was a ring or a trophy and just the memories that I've been able to make these past, it was 14 years that I played, no one will ever be able to take that away from me. The memories of being with my family and this sport brought us all closer.
0: Yeah, it's incredible. I'll share a quick story with you that you'll appreciate too. Um, And it's, it's so funny, I just remembered it the other day, I was telling somebody else, I was on a song leading squad, like, which was mostly a dance squad at our school. And we had got the opportunity to go to this national competition in Florida and we're from California. And we had always, our school forever, for years and years and years would always come in second or third, and this is in high school. And we went there and the head of our entire program that headed up cheer and dance and everything came and it was the first time he was seeing our routine because we had a a separate coach that just did, you know, our routine for song. And we were on a tennis court in Florida in summer, right? It's so hot. It's oh, yeah. miserable, right? And, yeah. and, we're, and he, we show him the routine. We have this little boom box, right? And he looks at it and he goes, all right, girls, come sit in front of me. And he said, this isn't a winning routine. And everyone was just like, like what? Like, how are you going to say that to us? We've worked all year on this. And he said, I can fix this. Do you want to win? And everybody looked at each other and they said yes and he said meet me back here tomorrow morning and for like eight hours in the sun in the florida sun on a tennis court with no knee pads rolling around on the ground right and dancing he literally redid the entire routine and we went on to win nationals Oh, that's that awesome. And it was like that feeling of, I mean, that day girls were crying, you know what I mean? It was, yeah it was, it was hard. Right. And everyone had their breaking point. Um, but to go on and to see what's possible and how you can push through the discomfort and get something that was so extraordinarily exciting. I mean, there were parents there and our advisor and people were just sobbing because they watched what we went through to get to that point. And I think, you know, so often I love that the name of your company is limitless Mm -hmm. because we only have the limits that we think we have. Exactly. And, and that's why I named
1: it like that. Um, because it's limitless, your, your opportunities that, you know, you can break through and just to add on to what you said, you kind of touched on it, but your comfort zone you need to break out of your comfort zone. And that's what I did with my company. I never created a company before. I mean, I was 20 years old. I was not comfortable every day because I literally felt like I don't know what I'm doing. And still, I'll even admit it to this day, still to this day, there's a lot of things I don't know. Even the most successful CEOs or executives, there's things they don't know. I'm big on asking questions from people that made big mistakes when they were first starting out, because I'm now at that stage. And it's the same with softball. I got to the point where I'm 12 hours in the sun. So I know what you're talking about with the Florida heat. And I mean, I see people now I'm actually still adjusted to being in the heat for 12, 14 hours a day during summer ball. Um, I see people walking around saying it is so hot out. I just can't be outside. And I just keep walking. It's fine for me because I adjusted to it. But the comfort zone is I was 15 on an 18 year old team. I was not comfortable at all, but I knew I had to do this to get to where I wanted to be
0: exactly. It's so beautiful, and I love like I love that you say it's like getting comfortable in the uncomfortable like I'm fine in, you know in the heat now because I'm used to it. I've done mm-hmm. this, and I think you know we can push through and get comfortable with the things that are uncomfortable to us and say, oh, okay, I'm safe here. I can do this. And if we apply this to every area of our life and we start looking at, I mean, that's why I think your story is so incredible. And I'm so happy you're sharing it, you know, everywhere that you can, because I think, you know, when I read your story, it calls me up, right? Yeah. And you go, know, yeah. oh gosh, where in my life am I acting like something's hard or difficult when really I just need to call myself up to that next level. And I think that's the process of growth. It's the process of us expanding as human beings to be limitless and to see, you know, where we can go. And, and it's not always the, the really exciting, happy, joyful stuff that teaches us those lessons. Sometimes it's the hard lessons, right. And the things that we overcome that really shape us. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I'm actually writing a book right now. Um,
1: The title ties into that name, Limitless. Um, But I'm writing the book because of the comfort zone. I didn't realize this when I was younger about being comfortable. Now starting this company, if I just stayed back and, oh, I'm fearful, I still, to this day, people don't really take me serious. Like if they see me walking down a hall like a big CEO, they'll say, great, what is this kid trying to sell me? Until I share my story and they see how mature I am for my age, it changes their perspective. So I'm writing the book about my story, overcoming this obstacle and kind of being on the flip side and breaking the barriers of being comfortable. That's how you grow as a person and and get better.
0: It's amazing. I'm so excited you're writing a book. It's going to be incredible. Can you share where people can find out and purchase the Limitless Medical Logs?
1: Yeah. So you can go on my website. It's uh, limitlessmedicallogs.com. I'm also on all social media platforms, uh, Instagram, Facebook for the company. And also my personal is uh, Jordan Ray, J-O-R-D-A-N. Ray 25 is Instagram. Jordan Ray is Facebook, but you can on Facebook and Instagram, you'll find out more about the book. That's where I'll be uh, posting updates on it. And
0: wonderful so exciting we are going to ask you the four questions we ask all of our guests on the show now and it's just an opportunity to share your life wisdom and the things that rise to the surface first and so it's a, really the four steps are a process that i take people through called the anatomy of transformation and the first step in that is truth which i believe that when we realize some really deep truths inside of us mm-hmm. that they're a catalyst for us changing our lives and so what is a deep truth like and when you learn a deep truth, you're kind of like, "Whoa! Like that feels really true for me." What is something you've come across on your journey that feels like a really deep truth?
1: Huh. Um, honestly, how strong I am. Um, I just feel that we. I've been through so much, and like I, the question you asked a while ago in the the beginning of the show. Um. Relating to kind of the emotional side of with my whole family, how we reacted. I I don't speak about the sleepless nights that I get, the pain I'm in all the time, the nights that I cry myself to sleep because I feel like I'm getting nowhere. But I wake up the next day and I get stuff done and I stay true to myself. I, I stay strong as I possibly can. And I know that this truth is it's building me for what's to come with the company. I'm doing motivational keynote speaking, writing a book. There's so many things that I have um, there for me. I have a platform to inspire others and I'm doing everything I possibly can to uh, do that properly to inspire others.
0: That is so beautiful. And I just want to share that I, I, teach people a lot about how to move emotion, right? Because when we move emotion, we clear the space for more of the new to come in. Mm. And the more somebody is growing in their life, the more emotion they're going to have. It's like a natural shedding, right? Yeah. Those moments when you're crying, which everybody that I know who shares a big message in the world does that, right? I do it. Like all the people I know and coach and get to talk to, it's like a, you know, when you have, smog in the sky and it rains and then there's this clear blue sky. Mm -hmm. It's just clearing the path, right? Just motion that needs to flow out to clear the path. And so I love that you share that because I think sometimes you know, people do this and they do it privately and they think, oh my gosh, I'm the only one that's doing this. Right. Well, I can tell you, I was afraid to cry.
1: I mean, I, that look to me when I first got diagnosed, when I started crying, I'm like, this is a true sign of weakness. Why am I crying? And then it switched that it's strength because as an athlete, you don't cry. You, you get hurt you get up, you keep playing, rub some dirt on it. You just, you don't cry. And that switching point to where I'm strong. And my, I know my mom cried during this when she um, got diagnosed, but I heard her, her crying more when I was diagnosed because she felt so helpless. And that's kind of where it clicked for me, where it's not a sign of weakness, it's a sign of strength.
0: It is, and and love and compassion, right? Because oh. she felt so much love and compassion for you. That's so beautiful. The second pillar is release. And we just already started talking about some of that. But when you realize like how strong you are, right, and you stand in that strength, there's always things that are going to be released. So whether it's the tears shed or the belief system like of, I'm not sure I can do this, or anything, what is it for you that feels like, I need to let this go so I can really stand in the truth of my strength?
1: I think it's probably the tears now. Um, When my mom was diagnosed, you know, people say they didn't get a good night's sleep or didn't sleep. I literally did not sleep because I was so scared and and I would cry. And then when I got diagnosed, it was the same thing. Even to this day, I still don't sleep well at night because I'm fearful of what might happen to me with this illness. Um, So it's honestly the tears. And before, like I said, I was afraid to say it. I went from an elite athlete to now I'm a girl with a disability. And to me, I hate it. But from being diagnosed with a disability, it turned me um, into something else into an entrepreneur that's helping others. So to me, it's it's honestly tears.
0: It's so beautiful. And the third pillar is experience, which is really like, what is the new experience of life now that you're able to like, Stand in your power and move through your emotion. And, and while it's not the ideal circumstances, like look at what you're doing. So what do you feel like you experience now that maybe you didn't experience before your diagnosis? Well, I can tell you the hardest part right
1: now is kind of adjusting to the new quality of life. So that that's another reason why I'm crying at night because it's like I, I'm being invited out to parties or out with friends. And I can't go because I'm in so much pain. The migraine is so bad. So it's just, it's growing and adjusting to what happened. I can't control it. So I need to control my emotions about it and what I
0: do that will impact others. So amazing. And putting that intention into impacting others. Yeah. Is definitely, I, you bring up the control, which I think is is a great thing to bring up because, you know, when you have a diagnosis, you do feel out of control of that. And, and so what can I control and where can I direct my energy that feels positive? I think that's a beautiful, like, way to feel in control of something. Right, exactly. And it's awesome. And so the fourth pillar is a line, which is really like, who have you drawn into your life and what are the connections that keep you moving forward? Like what has opened up for you um, to keep you in a state of focusing on the, the positive aspects of your life and moving forward?
1: Um, my family has been a big part. Uh, my dad and I kind of have a different relationship now because it's, he's my go-to for business. He uh, started a business when he was young as well and with his dad. So he knows the mistakes and he's my go-to. But besides that, the people in my community, the business owners, just anybody in networking groups, I've noticed that networking is the best option for me because people love my story and love what I'm doing. So I get to the point where people in my community, even outside, will do anything to help me achieve my goal because they see how hard I'm working, how driven I am and my end vision for this company and myself.
0: It's so extraordinary, it really is. I felt so called to like, take your message out there in any way possible too. That's, that's the inspiration and that's not just your story, but it's who you are as a person. Thank right? you, I appreciate how, how you communicate and how you show up in the world. And I really do feel like limitless is a wonderful and amazing word um, to describe all that you embody. And I'm so grateful that you came on the show and that you got to share your story. And I think, you know, I think all that you're doing is, is kind of the rainbow, right? And the sunshine and is going to inspire so many people and already has. And so thank you for being you and thank you for showing up anyways, even with all the other stuff going on. And I'm super grateful we got to have this time together.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me. And I didn't get to uh, add on after you said something about where they can contact me on any of those platforms. uh, People send me messages telling me their story that they don't share it that much. And when I get to read those stories and just people reaching out saying, you know, you're an inspiration, it really does something for me. So anybody who's listening, feel, please feel free to share your story with me you need to talk about it. You need to get it out there and just keep growing and keep building as a person you are.
0: I love that. That's so beautiful. Reach out to Jordan if you feel connected to her story and, and share yours. This is how we all help each other heal, right, is sharing what impacts us and how we can, you know, have ideas and solutions and understand each other. So thank you for adding that in and thank you for being here today, Jordan. Thank you. I'm Shauna Lee, and you've been listening to the Soul Frequency Show podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at the Soul Frequency. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this show. Join me next week for more powerful awakenings and positive vibes.